you go to the boutique and you want to buy a postcard, you're going to get taxed an additional 26%. So on top of already high prices, and the reason they are so high is because they have to import every single thing there. Then you have these taxes. And then of course, you probably are going to want to leave gratuity because I will say the service is amazing. Hello, and welcome back to A Sharper Life. I'm your host, Nikki Sharp, a two-time best-selling author, transformation coach, and I'm here every week to break down topics that you are seeking answers in. I created this podcast as I wanted to carve out a little spot on the internet where you and I can sit down, get vulnerable, and discuss things that you might feel too scared to talk to others about. My goal is to go deep in all areas of life to help you live a sharper life. One where you feel more in control of your health, your relationships, and get answers in a world where there's a lot of misinformation. Scroll on back through the archives to hear about masculine and feminine energy, sex tips, my top travel tips, and simple ways to improve the relationship with your body and much, much more. And if you're new to the show and enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review sharing what you are enjoying about this episode. So for today, I wanted to dive in and do a little bit more of a kind of that coffee side or cooler chat and tell you about my honeymoon, which I just got back from. Now, I got married in Capri, Italy in July 2022, so about seven months ago. And we decided to put off our honeymoon for a few months just to settle down after the wedding, which was a year and a half of planning on top of a crazy you know, travel with all summer and everything was open. And so we wanted to just like relax, enjoy being married, and then go and do our honeymoon. So a few months prior, I would say probably... So we went on the honeymoon in mid-March. And, or I guess in the beginning of March, March 3rd. And we started planning our honeymoon, I want to say in probably November. We started thinking about where do we want to go. And for this episode, I'm going to be answering some of your questions that you all wrote in on Instagram. And I'm going to be sharing about the honeymoon, what we did, some travel tips, just my overall experience, some of the crunchy moments that we encountered and how we handled those. So it's going to be a, a fun, deep, vulnerable episode where it's just kind of you and I ta- talking, and I hope that you enjoy it. So with that and the honeymoon, as I was mentioning, we we decided around November that we were looking between either the Maldives, Bora Bora, the Seychelles. Um, we also started looking into Thailand. And one of the big things for me was that I wanted it to be as relaxing as possible. So if you listen to the episode all about our wedding and the mini moon, it was just, it was craziness because everything was open finally last summer. And I knew that I wanted to just be calm, be relaxed, bring a book, lay in the sun and, and really like do nothing. That was my goal. So when we were looking at all of these different places, it was going to be about the same level of travel everywhere that we went. And looking at Bora Bora and the Seychelles, while I love them both and they're both on my bucket list to go to, I just decided the Maldives, there was something about it with the beautiful blue water. And when you get there, it's just 
Like it really felt like the honeymoon. Now, at the same time, we started looking at Thailand because it was going to be much, much cheaper. And we had not yet uh, utilized the help of this travel company, which I'm actually interviewing them next week. And I'm hoping to have that episode as the follow-up because we used the help of a company who helped us to travel hack everything. So prior to doing that, this trip going to the Maldives, it was going to be minimum of $20,000. And that was, I think like that was just going to be for the hotel or something. It was the hotel and maybe flights. And we just kind of were thinking like, yeah, like we spent a lot of money on our wedding. And while I, I would love to spend that on our honeymoon, it just didn't feel right for me to spend that much money when I also know that we want to save up. We want to do a down payment on a house one day, hopefully sooner than later. And so we started shifting and thinking about going to Thailand where you just get more for your money and it goes a lot further. And we had actually settled on this wellness resort in Thailand, which to me sounded fabulous. It was going to be, you know, getting massages every day and drinking green juice. And yes, I was still going to drink lots of champagne. But at the very last minute, um, it was like January 1st or January 2nd, we were speaking with this travel company and they had said there was, I, and we're, I'm going to go into all the details on the next episode, but there was a sale going on with Air Canada Miles, which would mean that if we spent like $2,000 we could get enough points along with transferring some to be able to fly first class from Washington, D.C. all the way out to the Maldives. And we had never done this buying points and transferring and doing it like right then and there. And my husband just made the executive decision and pulled the trigger and we did it. And so both of us were like, oh my God, okay, that's it. We're going to the Maldives. How fabulous. I've been once before and I stayed at Anantara. There are two Anantaras and I don't remember the specific one. I really, really liked that. So in the past when I went, I was living in London and it was a flight from there to the Maldives. And then it was a boat ride to the hotel. Now, this time around, we went from Miami. So I'll detail the route that we went. And there was a lot, a lot of craziness. But I also want to make this fun and share all of the fabulous things that we did. So we, with all the travel hacking and transferring points and, and whatnot, we were able to use, I believe it was all of our chase points to book. We decided to go to the St. Regis, which it basically they're in the Marriott group. And there's the Ritz, which is like top, top. Then there's a St. Regis. Then there's a bunch of other ones like Hilton down below. So we decided to do the St. Regis. We did a overwater villa and we used all of our, our chase points from credit card our credit cards and spending that. So at this point, we have paid in total, $2,000 for first class flight flights. That was it. And then we paid nothing for the actual hotel. Incredible. Now to get to the Maldives from Mali, or I mean from Miami, we there were no direct options from here unless we went to like London and, and there were like three different stops. So we flew up to Washington, DC. That was an easy flight. Then we checked in with a different airline with Etihad. 
we got there. Now, here's kind of where it's a bit interesting. And again, I'll talk more about this on the next episode of just all the travel hacking. So I have lounge access to pretty much every lounge just based on Priority Pass, my American Express card. We have a multitude of different ways to do it. We're also flying first. Now, Washington, it was kind of surprising. They did not have a very good lounge. And because I'm a One World pretty high up uh, member on One World, we were able to get into the British Airways Lounge, which was fabulous. So we start our trip. We've had champagne. We're enjoying it. We get on the flight. We eat the food, go to bed. And then we arrive in uh, Abu Dhabi. And what was so fun is flying where we were in the first class. There was not a ton of people. So there was an open seat next to me by the window. So of course, we took tons of photos, drinking lots of champagne with it. Really, really fun. And part of what we decided was that the journey to get there was going to be part of the honeymoon itself, like the whole experience. And I just thought, there's no way I'm flying economy for 30 hours of travel. So we do this. It was fabulous. We get to Abu Dhabi and we go to the the first class lounge for, for Etihad. And oh my goodness, one of the best lounges I've ever seen. They had a gym, which I was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to go work out. I didn't though, because the glass of champagne took over as we were on our honeymoon. So we do that. We eat. It was just, it was such a fabulous experience. And the most wild thing occurred that we get in into the lounge. We're sitting there. My husband goes to get us another, another champagne. We meet this other guy. His name was Andrew. He lives in Hong Kong. I, I No, he lives in Manila. Um, and just, I love traveling and meeting people. So we're chatting with him. My husband comes back into the room that I was in and he goes, Nikki, I have some bad news. I couldn't get us another glass, but I found something better. And in walks my friend Jamie, who came to our wedding. I've known him for about 13 years. Dear, dear friend of mine. And he happened to be in Abu Dhabi, flying back to London and just was in the lounge at the same time. And I jumped up and I kept saying, you have to be effing kidding me. You have to... like." I was so shocked. And it was just the most wonderful way to really start the honeymoon experience of seeing a dear friend of mine. So suffice to say, we had a little more champagne than I intended to, but it was just so fun. Now we go from there. We had one more flight from Abu Dhabi to Mali and getting to Mali, we then decide... So that's an overnight flight. You leave at like 1am, you arrive at 6am. That's like a four hour flight. Now we had decided to book this thing called the CIP. So if you go to the Maldives, I highly, highly recommend doing this flying in and out. It's the CIP lounge. You pay for it. Um, I, th- I mean, it was pretty cheap. I want to say it was like $200 or something, nothing crazy, where they pick you up in a car from the plane. So you deboard, you get into the car. They take you to a private lounge. They take your passport. They do all of the custom security check-in. They get your bags for you. I mean, it was incredible. And we're just sitting there. We had a coffee. And then they take you to the next lounge where we were with the St. Regis. So most airport or most hotels do have a lounge if you have a seaplane transfer. So the seaplane transfers 
We then go to the next lounge, again, another coffee, more water, lots of hydration. And I'll give you some tips on navigating the wicked jet lag. So I don't normally get jet lagged. And this was by far the worst jet lag I've ever had in my life. But we get there, we get on the seaplane. It's now, I think, 9 a.m. by the time we get in. And, you know, you take off from the water, you go up. It's a 40 minute flight to the St. Regis. And it was, I mean, we were so out of it. We definitely drank too much champagne the night before seeing my friend. And we then land. And you, because it's the Maldives, there's always storms. So there was a little storm and it was. It was not sunny the day that we arrived. So I was like really bummed out thinking, oh my God, is this going to be the weather the whole time? It wasn't quite the opposite. It was so hot and sunny that I was like incredibly ready to have some shade. Uh, But what I will say on that, the jet lag in the past, I used to fly to Asia like two times a year and I would fly from LA going west over to Bali. Now from that, I would never get that bad of jet lag. This, however, was unreal. So here are my things to do and here's what to avoid. Number one, it is a mindset shift you have to make. When you get to the location you're going, I do not want you looking at your phone and saying, well, you know, it's 9 a.m. where we came from. The moment you do that, your mind is already going to keep you back there. Your mind is so incredibly powerful. So number one, you got to just mentally adjust yourself to the time in where you are. Number two, ideally, I did not do this because we were flying first in business. Ideally, you don't want to be eating the food on the plane, especially if you are flying economy. Get your own food. Get in like Uber Eats, a sweet green salad, or just order something, you bring it with you through security, no problem. Economy, especially because they put so much extra salt in because when you go up high into the air, food loses its taste. And so they add on extra salt just so you can taste it. Now, I didn't do that, as I said, but that's a recommendation I have. Obviously, if it's a really long flight, Typically, what I do is I'll eat in the lounge before I get on the plane. That will really, really minimize your jet lag wherever you're going. Now, my third tip, hydrate, 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 hydrate some more. If you are especially going to be drinking like I did, and yes, it was my honeymoon. I am shameless about it. I don't care. I had way too much champagne, enough for the next year on my honeymoon. If you're going to be drinking and if you're trying to avoid jet lag, drink more water than you think you need. You should be getting up and going pee every 30 minutes. Um, Outside of that, I would also say set your schedule, your eating schedule. Like If you're going to be eating on the plane, eat according to where you're going, not where you're coming from. So typically when you get on a plane they will start to serve you food within the first hour. They serve you you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever it is. If you're going somewhere and it's like the middle of the night that you're flying into, just go to sleep. Wait until you wake up. They will serve you food whenever, but this will really, really help reduce the jet lag. And the last thing that I always do is every single flight, if it's over four hours, I take off all my makeup And I put a face mask on and I basically just fall asleep in it. That helps to really hydrate the skin so you feel better. 
So those are my tips to avoid jet lag. Now, we had the worst jet lag that I've ever experienced. And that was because we were going east over so many time zones. And I drank a lot, which was not good. And I ate according to where like I just ate mostly when they were serving us. So I did not follow my own rules that I normally do. And that's just because we were having so much fun and giddy and excited. And I saw my friend Jamie. So then we get to the to the St. Regis. And I want to go over how we chose this one specifically because the Maldives are ridiculously expensive. Now, I live in Miami where there is a 20% service charge on pretty much every check, meaning a 20% gratuity on already very expensive prices. So I'm used to high prices as it is. So it, I guess it wasn't as shocking, but I want you to think the Maldives, a salad, a salad for lunch is going to cost you $30, like for a small salad. Now, if you add on to that a glass of wine, that's going to be another $20. And that's like a minimum $20. But here's the thing for the Maldives that people don't realize. You are going to get slapped with a 10% tax and another 16% tax on top of that. So you are paying 26% tax on every single thing you do there. If you go to the boutique and you want to buy a postcard, you're going to get taxed an additional 26%. So on top of already high prices, and the reason they are so high is because they have to import every single thing there. Then you have these taxes. And then of course, you probably are going to want to leave gratuity because I will say the service is amazing. So we decided the St. Regis just because of being part of the Marriott group, being able to transfer points. Some of the things that I was looking for, for our honeymoon, number one, we needed to have an overwater villa and every island that you're going to go to that you can choose from, they always have beach accommodation and then they have overwater villas. Now it goes up from there. Some of them have pools some of them face inland, so you get sunrise. Some of them face outward, so you get sunset. And we really wanted the sunset over water villa with pool. The other thing for me when we were deciding this is I like modern. I like beautiful, modern, well done, you know, a very clean bathroom. And the St. Regis is gorgeous. It was like marble and just these, you know, um, ceiling or floor to ceiling windows. We had a beautiful pool. So I knew that that was going to be the biggest thing that I wanted. And I also knew that there needed to be quite an abundance of water sports, as well as a really good gym and quite a few restaurants because we were there for seven nights. And that's a lot of time to be on an island if there's only like two restaurants, for example. And the other thing that was really important is that and this might hopefully not piss you off, but for me, this was important that there it wasn't a really kid-heavy place because there are some that have a lot of kids there. And typically, the higher up you go price-wise, there's going to be less. But we did also go during... It was the start of spring break. So there was a bit more families there. Now, 
as we arrive from the seaplane, you get off and it just the Maldives, if you've ever been, or if you can imagine, it's the water is gorgeous. It's blue. It's warm. I brought a jacket, didn't wear it one single time. We arrive, they give you a coconut and our room was not ready because you're arriving at nine in the morning. So they gave us another room. I don't know if they do this with everyone, but they knew that it was our honeymoon and they knew that I have some followers and we'd made a little agreement that they would upgrade our room to the sunset overwater villa just for me to be posting. So we get there, we go for a little swim and then we actually did a workout. So this is my other tip to avoid jet lag. Always, 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 always get your feet on the ground, get some fresh air, get your body moving. Even if it's like six in the morning and you just landed, go for a walk. This is going to help you beat jet lag tremendously. I cannot recommend this enough. So we did do that. And I felt good after being on the plane for so long, a bunch of different planes. Now, once we got to our villa, we had a fabulous, fabulous butler, Akram. If you ever go to the St. Regis, I highly recommend requesting Akram. He was so good. And he unpacked all of our stuff for us. I mean, talk about dreamy. And the, all of these things were meant so that we could just relax a little bit more. And there was a bottle of champagne. Now, at this point, I'm pretty bloated because I've been drinking champagne and all the time travel. And we're like, you know what? Screw it. Of course, we're going to open this. And we sat there for sunset. And so night one, we decided just to keep it really low-key. We ordered food in. And we just laid there watching the sun go down, jumping in the water. It was magical. It also worked out because that's when the jet lag kicked in. And for me, it wasn't until day two that that's when it really got bad. But the feeling that I got for the jet lag was it's this like internal numbing weird where it's like nothing is working. Nothing feels like it's working. I feel like I've been in Vegas for 48 hours, not having slept in. It's just like a hard to describe like what's going on. You're keeping your body awake. So my husband took a little nap. Day one, I was not that tired. So I didn't need a nap. Day two, I ended up doing a nap. Here's my other tip for jet lag. Do not do any longer than 20 minutes. 20 minutes is fine. Anything over that, it starts to mess with your circadian rhythm. And melatonin also while you're on the plane can help. So hopefully these little tips are, are helping you. So without kind of going into every single day, I'll give you the overarching kind of experience. It's an island. You get little bikes and you bike around the island to get to places. You can also walk it. So the first morning that we woke up, we we got up pretty early. And so we you know, watched the sunrise, walked around the island. That was really nice. The breakfast is at this place called Alba. And it's one of the best buffets I've ever ever seen hands down. I believe, don't quote me on this, but I do believe that if you book the St. Regis, breakfast is included and unlimited mimosas, actually unlimited champagne in the morning. But you all will be proud of me. Actually, maybe not. I'm proud of myself. We did not drink anything until the very last day where I had half a glass of champagne. And that was just like, rein it in a little bit, Nikki. You you don't need to be a, a, a boozy let's say, um, every single day. So we, we would eat. The other thing, at least for me with buffets, is 
I really go, I look around to see what's available and then I choose what I want knowing I'm going to get to eat things the next day. So I don't need to overdo it and eat everything at once. So we decided that we'd always eat a little bit later around 10 a.m. for breakfast and then skip lunch, have just like a little nibble of a snack and then do a slightly earlier dinner just because sunset. Here's another interesting thing about the Maldives. And I don't know if it's the same for every single hotel, but when you land, you are on a certain time zone. 40 minutes later, when we got to the St. Regis, they choose their own time zone. (laughs) So we set, I can't remember, we set our clocks, I think an hour behind so that you can actually see the sunset and, and sunrise. Now, here's the funny part. While we were there, the time change happened. So I woke up and I got really confused because I'm like, so like, what time is it? Is it to Maldives time or did Maldives time change as well? That really, really messed with me, which was kind of funny. But they have the breakfast. They have five different restaurants. We tested out actually only two of them. We went to Alba for dinner most nights. It's the Italian. It's beautiful. It has a very... European feel to it. And then we tried this other one. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's on the other side of the island, right on the the beach, the water. So outside of Alba is this beautiful pool and you get sunset. And my favorite place was the whale bar. And the whale bar, they, they named it as such because it's sort of shaped like a whale and you get to see the sunset. And every day at, at 6.30, they have someone come out and they do it. The sword... Um, where they hit the the champagne bottle and they knock the top off and then they pour it. So we got to know all of the servers. It was so, so sweet. And they, I'm not someone when I travel, I don't tell people who I am. I'm not like, hey, I have followers on Instagram, but people find me. I don't know. And it was, it was so cute because it started with one beautiful, beautiful woman, um, Opie, and we were chatting and she was complimenting me on my dress. And then the next day we saw her and she was like, oh, I, I follow you on Instagram. I'm loving everything you post. And then I had a, another server at the whale bar a day later tell me that he was now following me. And it was just so wonderful, I think, to have them come to me and, and get to see the Maldives experience through my eyes while they were there and being, I mean, the staff at the St. Regis. I mean, Honestly, I think it's everywhere in the Maldives, but the staff, they were impeccable. So we went to those two places. We decided not to do the other restaurants because one of them is like a teppanyaki or no, an omasaki, a very, very expensive dinner. It was like $500 a person, like a 10 course meal or something like that. Um, We decided not to do that one because it was only open certain days. And then the other restaurant was more of a lunch restaurant, Crust and Craft, which it's like they have a, a pizza oven outside. Very, very amazing. And then there was one other that we just... We always like getting really dressed up. And and yeah, so Alba ended up being the place that we went. We also did room service two times because one of the days we rented a pri- private island. And I want to tell this story. I shared it on Instagram. But three years ago... In 2019, I found a meditation. It's 10 minutes long and it's guided. And the guy asks you to go somewhere, just you know, visualize something. And then you, you're there for 10 minutes. And over the course of three years, I have gone to this 
private island, white sandy beach. There's nothing else there. There's no trees. There's an umbrella. There's a chair. I have water. And in my vision, I see myself, I'm always in a black bikini. I have long hair. I'm tan. I'm in my fittest version of myself. So in in the Ultimate Transformation Program, I talk about your, your dream health. And I specifically say dream health instead of dream body because your body is a representation of your health. So for me in this vision, I'm in my my dream health. Like I'm toned, I'm fit, I'm happy, I'm smiling, I look beautiful, I'm not wearing any makeup. And so when we booked the St. Regis, we then found out they had a private island that you can go to. And so what they do, they pick you up, they provide food for you. And me being me, I always negotiate the menu because they didn't have anything that I liked. So I was like, okay, can you do this? Can you add this? Could you do a green juice, which wasn't on the menu? So I always recommend wherever you're traveling, always ask, always ask for modifications. People are more than happy to accommodate is what I've learned. So we we decide to do this. I have my black bikini. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling tan. And I'm kind of I'm in shock. Like I'm thinking, oh my God, well, what's it going to look like? Is it going to be the same as I've seen in my mind for three years? And as we're pulling up, my heart starts racing a little bit faster, all because I'm looking at this island and it is exactly what I have seen for three years. So we get off. There's a guy to greet us. He shares everything. They give you a little walkie talkie because they they leave you like you're deserted on this island. And I start walking around and exactly what I'd seen in my my vision, little fishes are swimming. It's beautiful water. It's the white sand that just falls off you. So I bring my book, I'm drinking my green juice. And this is the power of visualization. It's the power of manifesting. And what I'm always sharing about the manifesting is you have to take away your expectation of the date and when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Because I had no idea that this place was, I mean, that it existed. And so going there, I'd let go of expectation. I just thought it was this like fun, beautiful visualization that I had. Anyways, we go there. That was amazing. And even though we put lots of sunscreen on, I mean, it's just the white sand. You're there for four hours. And so we we had some wine. We had our green juices. We had tons of water. But we still got back and we were exhausted. We were sunburned. And that was the second night that we ordered room service and just to like <laughs> totally relax. But it was so sweet because when we came back, we walked in and I'm I was already emotional on this trip because it's my honeymoon with my husband and our our butler Akram had um god what did he do there was a cake that had you know happy happy uh, happy honeymoon then there was um he had hand cut out of palm leaves me and my husband and also happy anniversary in these palm leaves drawn up a bubble bath. There was things on the bed. There was on the TV. There was like a fire. It was incredible. It was so beautiful that I took all these photos, videos, and I just, I I like burst out crying because it was just, it was so sweet and romantic and thoughtful. So that was a really, really nice added touch. So some of the activities that we did while we were there, 
we did a one of the see-through kayaks. So it's it's kind of like I don't want to say it's glass, it's plastic, but you go through and it's the whole thing is see-through. And we go and we're seeing the fishes and we had a little thing that I could put my phone in and do it underwater. That was incredible. It was so much fun. Um because I got my my nose done. I unfortunately wasn't allowed to scuba dive because you can't have the pressure and I even tried snorkeling and the snorkeling just, it was a little uncomfortable. I think part of the reason it was also more uncomfortable for me is because it was really, really hot. And when it's hot, my body gets inflamed. And when my body's inflamed, my nose got inflamed. So then it was harder to breathe. So unfortunately, I only did snorkeling once. So the the glass kayak was amazing to do. We went to the gym almost every day and we would do that either before breakfast or after a few hours after. And that was just to keep the body moving. We did lots of cycling around the island. Um, and then we, I don't know, we hung out in the room quite a bit just because it was so hot out and you don't always want to be in in the sunshine because even when you're outside, it's still hot. There's still the sun. And we both got sunburnt, even though we used tons of sunscreen, we both got sunburnt. And so from there, I'm like, I don't want to be in the sun. I really, really, really wanted there to be a day of shade, which, or, of you know, rain there wasn't. Um, I'm trying to think what else fun things did we get up to? Other than that, like it was just a lot of laying under the umbrella, a lot of reading, a lot of just sitting with each other, chatting. And so I got a question on what did we do to keep the conversation going? And one of my favorite things, we have a few different decks of cards. We did not bring any this time, but we have cards from Esther Perel. I have cards from Healthier Together. Um, We have there's I'm forgetting there's another one. So we have lots of different cards. So think about like cards of humanity. It's like that, but they're more conversation starters. We decided not to bring those, but instead we would just we would just Google like 60 questions to ask your partner or fun questions to ask your husband. And then we would just go through individually, like choosing one, asking the other person. And that was really fun because it meant that we didn't always need to I guess, have the conversation ready, going. So that was our big thing. And then we just talked about our day. We talked about what was coming up. I was also in the middle of the launch for the Ultimate Transformation Program. So I did have work that I needed to do. And it was challenging because the Wi-Fi was not very strong, which is also a blessing I get in the sense that it kind of forces you to not be on your phone as much and, and not be doing these things. But I will say we were probably on our phone more than usual, just, I don't know, like laying in bed because we didn't want to be in the sun. I mean, I swear one of my husband's love languages and his and I is we love laying next to each other or like he might be on the couch and I'll be on the bed and we send funny memes to each other. We send funny cat memes and he always calls it the cackle on me that it's a really funny one when I start cackling, laughing, and then I'll send it to him. So we did a lot of memeing to each other. And it's just, it's like a fun thing that I love doing with him. So those are kind of the big things that we did. There was a tennis court, but by the time that we got sunburned, I was like, I just, I don't want to be in the sun anymore. We swam in the pool. 
And really the main thing for me was enjoying the breakfast every day. We had a few hours to just swim around by our where our um, overwater house was. We We would work out. And as I mentioned in the beginning, it was really important for me just to relax, let go, have no plan. So we didn't really do that much. What we did do every single day, aside from the two nights that we did room service, I love dressing up. I love a reason to look fabulous and glam. And so every night we would get super dolled up, glammed up, and we'd go to the whale bar and we'd have a, you know, a, a glass of wine for sunset. And that was that's kind of a love language for me is getting dressed up, feeling beautiful. And it's just, I love fashion. I love clothes. I love the expression of that. And so that was really, really fun to be able to wear these just beautiful, beautiful outfits. And it was like a fashion show for me every day. Now, my favorite thing that we did, my favorite thing was on the last night around sunset, we both brought our wedding outfits and we did a whole re-ring ceremony photo shoot. The intention of it was, well, let me back up. How we decided to do this was after the wedding, about two months later, my husband lost his wedding ring and he was obviously devastated so for me to make light of a situation, to bring more joy and love to it, of obviously he's stressed out. I said, well, what if we get a new, if we don't find it, what if we get a new ring and we can just do another, a re-ring ceremony? We can do it here in Miami in front of just a few friends because the wedding itself, it was a lot. It was a lot of people. It was overwhelming. And so we just thought this would be a really nice way to rewrite our vows and just do something intimate. Now, he ended up finding his wedding ring and we decided that we were still going to do it, only we would do it in the Maldives and I I altered my dress. So my dress is very heavy. It's very expensive. It's from Galia Lahav. I'm obsessed with it, but I'm never going to wear it again, ever. I won't ever wear it. I mean, I just, I wouldn't. And so I decided to cut it at the knees. We cut out some of the lining and the layers and now it was this fun and beautiful and Really girly, but very, very elegant dress. So I wore that. I did my own hair. I wore Christian Louboutin, beautiful kind of sparkly shoes to go along with my dress. He wore his suit and there was a photographer there and he was amazing as well. We did different locations and we had Akram, our butler, helping out, like throwing my veil into the wind. So the photos that we got were ridiculous. So beautiful. And it meant a lot to me because as I mentioned, the wedding was overwhelming. It was a lot. It was really, really hot and humid. I felt like I was melting. There is a sense of you're trying to please other people, even though it is your own wedding. And so for this one, it was just, it was calm. It was just him and I, we cheersed with a glass of champagne. We got ready together. It was nice just doing my own hair and makeup. And while I love the whole team that I worked with, like, this was just intimate and fun and calm and wonderful. So those photos are some of my my favorites now. But I will say we almost didn't do it. And we almost didn't do it because we did get in a few crunchy moments during, during the honeymoon. And I want to go over this to be real and honest with you. There can be expectations. I don't know whether it's you, whether it's your partner, 
but there's always going to be someone in a relationship that sets an expectation. This is how it needs to go. Now, I love my husband so, so much. The challenge that we faced was that going there, his intention, now this is different. His intention was that he wanted this to be romantic and beautiful and basically everything that we didn't get to do on our our wedding and our mini moon, which was crazy, chaotic travel, all the things. And I was, I, because of that, I got sick one time and it was just, it was a lot. So his intention, both of our intention was that we wanted this to just be smooth and calm and wonderful and intimate and just full of love and connection. There is a fine line between an intention and an expectation. So I found that he had a few expectations that it needed to then be perfect. We couldn't talk about anything unless it was good. And in my life and the self-work that I've done and being a woman, I'm going to have emotions. And it was also kind of period time and you know all of that fun stuff. So I've learned, feel the emotion and then you let it go. You don't hold on to it. Whereas for him, and especially on this trip... He wanted every and and with such like beautiful intention, he wanted everything just to be romantic and good and fun. And so he didn't want me to not feel good. He didn't want me to have a you know bad comment about something. And in my mind, I'm just like, oh, this. Like I might say something that to him could be perceived as negative. To me, it wasn't. Because of that, and because of a small breakdown of communication with it, expectations turned into a little bit of resentment because when your expectation is not meant, resentment always occurs. And instead of kind of just from both of our ends sharing, this is how I feel. And this is the importance of vulnerability. You all, you got to be vulnerable with yourself and with your partner and ask for what you really want. Share how you're feeling. So because of that, and our communication at times broke down because of jet lag, we're tired, expectations, they, we almost put our kind of re-ring little wedding ceremony thing off because we were a little frustrated with each other. And I kind of laugh about it. It, it reminds me of, I forget the show name, but it's like Survivor where you're thrown on an island and you get cabin fever and you basically are like trying to survive yourself and not kill each other. So I, I joke when I say that, but in the sense that because you're on an island and you're literally like trying to have the best time possible, there are moments where you might take your boredom out on your partner. There might be times where you want to do something, but you can't share it. And so like for me, I realized that I was not great at expressing that I needed like solo Nikki time. And this is really, really important for me to show up as my best self. And if you listen to the wedding podcast, that same thing happened for me where it's like, I need that solo Nikki time to rejuvenate, to feel good. And it's my responsibility to share that, to ask for that, to take my own time. So that was a little challenging where we almost decided not to do our re-ring just because we were a little crunchy, a little frustrated with each other. But ultimately, love wins. We opened up. We had some good conversations about it. And the the photo shoot we did and, and the re-ring, just, it was beautiful. And I'm so, so grateful we did it because 
we ended up doing it on the last night and the sunset was incredible, immaculate, like just gorgeous. And then outside of that, um, we also, I went to the spa and the spa, one of the reasons, another reason actually that we chose the St. Regis is their spa. They use a lot of Ayurveda, Ayurvedic principles. And that's really important to me. I'm not a massive fan of like just going and getting a massage. I love it when there's Ayurveda. So I got an Abhyanga massage, which is lots of oil. And typically it's four hands, but in this one, it was only two and they follow specific rituals and it's, and then you go for a steam and, and then you um, scrub everything off and they have this beautiful whirlpool that we, we also went into. So a lot of different things to do at the same time. One thing that I learned about myself was as much as I think that I'm good at like just sitting and chilling and relaxing, which I am, I love to just do nothing. And that's, that's been an evolution of the self-work and learning to be okay with being quote unquote bored. Um, the thing for me was I did go a little stir crazy because once I got sunburnt, there there was not much to do. Like they had a game room. That was like the extent of what you could do. And they did have like um gravity yoga, but it just it never worked with our schedule. They had a morning, um, morning yoga meditation. But I always I brought my own travel yoga mat and I think I got it from Manduka and I love it. I packed it into my carry-on. Um, so I would just do my own meditation every morning. That is one thing I did as well. I I did 10 to 15 minutes of yoga every single morning as the sun was coming up and I meditated every single day. I didn't bring my journal, however, and I kind of kicked myself for this because journaling for me is a way just to... It's, it's therapy. It's my own self-therapy. And so I didn't bring it. I should have kind of kicking myself for that. Overall, um, that's kind of the essence of like what we did, the vibe of the island. Now, I will share or I'll answer some questions. And then I want to quickly tell you about our journey home because the journey home was hilarious in how bad it was. I mean, there were some really good moments with it, but it's kind of a crazy, funny story. Um, It is now a week later and we still don't have our luggage. Yay. But uh, I'll come to that. I want to answer a few questions, though. So prices and things to do. Every single hotel in the Maldives is going to be different priced, but a few things to note. As I mentioned before, there's going to be that 20%, 26% tax on everything. On top of that, it is expensive. They have to import every single thing there. And so that you just have to kind of factor that in that this is like for a lot of people, once in a lifetime trip, especially if you live somewhere like America, where it takes a long time to get there. Um, in terms of prices, they have hotels ranging from $10,000 a night to $500 a night. So it really, really depends on your price range and what you want to spend as the overall. And I want you to think about that it's not just about the price per night, you have the taxes. Then like water sports, that costs more money. So my husband did two dives that cost an additional, I think it was like $400 a session for our dive. I did my massage. That was, I think all in all with tip and the tax, that was like $350 or so. So it's it's a lot. It's pricey. Um, And then things to do, it's going to really depend on every single hotel. But if I were to do this trip differently... I would have split it up. So we did seven nights. I would have done four nights at the St. Regis 
And then four nights at maybe a sister hotel for Marriott where they, a lot of these hotels now have um, the underwater restaurants where you can go and you're, all the fishies are there. So I would have split it up that it's just for me, seven nights in one single spot where there's not a lot to do. That kind of that made me a little bored. And while I'm okay being bored, it took me out of my feminine, if that's a better way to explain it. So yeah, prices, it's just, it's really going to depend. But our trip in total flying first business and the hotel, we haven't calculated it fully. I'll do this with the travel company when I interview them. It was going to be at minimum a $50,000 trip. And I think out of pocket, we paid $10,000. So this is the importance of miles, of points, of credit cards. If you have a credit card and you're doing all of this hacking, you got to pay the credit card off on time. Otherwise, it's just, it's not worth it to get all of the points. But I mean, I, I really, really recommend that. And I can't wait to do this episode. So challenges and difficulties and how I handled them. So one of the big things, well, I'll give you kind of the three big things. One, as I mentioned, was a breakdown of communication with my husband where I was getting frustrated that he wasn't telling me what was on his mind. But at the same time, if I look at myself and take radical ownership, I also was not being totally, totally vulnerable and saying, hey, this is how I feel and this is what I need. So the challenge is that was one, just breakdown of communication and and also kind of the intention slash expectation. So that's like one big challenge. The other one was just the travel. The, the travel getting there was 30 hours. The travel coming back was 60 hours. And we knew that it was going to be around 50 or no, we knew it was going to be like 45 hours because we had one night in in Doha. And then we had another layover for a, like actual night where we booked hotels in London Heathrow. And the reason we did this is because in order to use the points and not pay you know $10,000 for a business class ticket, there was no good flights from us to go from Mali in the Maldives back to Miami. So we, we literally had to do this, the layovers, which was fine. But the challenges that happened really, that occurred when we dealt with frustrating staff who were very unhelpful. And when there was just like a crazy delay from London Heathrow, and that's just depending on time today, I'll either include that here or in next week's episode. But how we handled those, and I, I have to give it to my my husband, is that we are normal. We are a normal couple. We do get in crunchy moments. We do get in fights. We work through them. We have a phenomenal therapist, couples therapist that I... If you are in a relationship and don't have a therapist, if you're trying to elevate it to make it go to the next level, I highly, highly recommend working with someone because one of the great things when we started with her was she said, I am here for the relationship not for either one of you, which means that neither one of us is ever right or wrong in a, in a fight. It's we're always there to enhance the relationship and we both have a very growth mindset with it. So that was just, in, I would say the really nice thing when we did deal with travel challenges, there was always one of us that would step up and support the other one or like 
when we were dealing with bags and just craziness in Doha airport, he really got there and, and was dealing with the people. And then at another time when we were trying to get on a new flight from London because ours was so delayed, I was doing that. And so we we just found a natural rhythm of really supporting and taking care of one another without asking in those moments when when you can't take it out on each other. Because it's when things go wrong, it's so easy to take out your frustration on your partner. And that's the thing. You want to be a team. And so that's really like when I look back on this, I'm like, we were a team so much of the time. And the only moments that we weren't a team is when our communication had a breakdown. So um, what did I eat well on holiday? Honestly, anything I wanted. I I never monitor what I eat. This is what I teach in the Ultimate Transformation Program. I, I'm very good at asking myself, will this make me feel light and energetic? Will this make me feel heavy and full? Is this something that I really want right now? If so, I'm going to splurge. Like I had a burger one night and it was, oh my God, it was so good. I had that. And then the next morning, I I wasn't hungry. So, you know, as fabulous as the buffet was, I'm not going to sit there and stuff my face just for the sake of it. At the buffet every day, I would just see what I wanted. And I'm I'm one that like I might get up for a second plate, but I one thing that I always had was they they had fresh hummus. And for those of you who've listened to the podcast or you know me, hummus is like my kryptonite. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. And so on my my breakfast, you know, my plate every day was a big, you know, slab of hummus, but it was served with fresh veggies and that felt so good. They had green juices, so I always had a green juice. I had tons of water. We were fasting during lunch, so I didn't do that. And then for me, it was just, it's more about like if I'm going to be in a bathing suit and I'm trying to feel confident, and I i mean, I am, and I, I want to feel good about myself and I want to feel sexy and I want to feel in my feminine for my husband. If I'm stuffing my face meal after meal, I'm not going to feel very good. So I allowed myself to eat whatever I wanted but I always am thinking about what am I trying to feel? That's more important than the food itself. But we had pizza. We ordered room service, got pizza. We had burgers, um, lots of salads, got pasta. So kind of a range. But the baseline is always... I always have vegetables at my meal. And like when I had my burger, I had a side of cucumbers with it because they were fresh and raw and just really, really good. So that's I would say that um, I have a few other episodes I will link in the show notes that you should definitely listen to just about eating when it comes to what you what I eat well on holiday and tips for you. Um, this question is great. Were there things that triggered me or my husband and how did we deal with those while traveling? So I have talked about that quite a bit already of just like the breakdown of communication. And I think it's just so, so important when you're going on a trip, a holiday. I love setting intentions. I do this all the time for myself. I do it in my dream binder of whatever trip I'm going on. What's my intention for being here? Intentions. Now, as I mentioned, there's a fine line between an intention and an expectation. So because I felt, and this is me speaking for me, I felt he had expectations of how I should, should be acting and I also realized I had expectations that he needed to be vulnerable and he needed to share what was going on and tell me, you know, if he's upset, tell me why. So because of that, there were moments we handled it better 
And there were moments we didn't handle it as well. And one of the the key things in any relationship, but especially your the, if you're trying to improve your relationship, and for us on our honeymoon, is taking ownership as quickly as you can. So it's the ego death. The ego death is taking responsibility for your action, what you said, apologizing if you hurt the other person. And my whole thing with apologies is that an apology is not saying that what I I think I did was wrong. An apology is me saying, I realized what I did or said hurt you. And I'm saying, I am sorry. That was not my intention to hurt you. And so, and it's kind of the same with forgiveness. You can forgive someone. It's not excusing the behavior that they did or what they said, but you are putting your love and the relationship first above it. So we we had a, quite a bit of practice, let's say, of moments and just dealing with them and really reconnecting. And what I will say, um, just time-wise, because this is going longer than I, I thought it would, I'll leave the whole travel experience coming back because that there's also some fun things there, like the different airports that I recommend doing and some travel hacks that we did. Um, what I realized though is coming back from the trip and especially the chaos that we encountered, I feel more connected to my husband now that we're home. I feel more in love with him. And so while the honeymoon itself, we did have some crunchy moments, I actually think they needed to happen in order to bring us closer together. And this is what I love teaching in UTP because there's so many times where you might say, you know, I wish that didn't happen. Why did that happen? Why me? And I have a, a different viewpoint where I look at things and I'm like, well, of, of course that fight had to happen because we both had to learn how we weren't showing up or what we could have done better. And so now being home for the past week, I'm like, I feel so connected to him. And I'm actually really grateful that we went through what we did. And we also had a bloody amazing honeymoon. And I, I loved it. And there's not much I would have changed, honestly, even the the kind of challenging moments. So the last thing, um, which I already answered, was how to keep the conversation going. Buy a pack of cards, like questionnaires, the, you know, go to the, just Google. Google has everything for you. So with that, uh, I'm going to keep the story, the travel story for the next podcast episode where I'm going to be talking all about how we travel hack, specifically the points we use, the systems, all of it. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really, really good one. And I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. This was me getting pretty raw, very vulnerable. I didn't have a script for it. There weren't as many like, quote unquote, actionable tip and items, but I, I shared a lot of knowledge of things that... I do the travel hacks, um, just the jet lag, things like that. So I do hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please don't forget to leave a review sharing specifically. What, what did you like about this episode? It helps me just to know what sort of content you guys like. And until next week, here's to a sharper life. <laughs> <laughs>